This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time now for the Therapeutic Green Room with psychologist Simi Desor. Welcome to the Therapeutic Green Room, the space in between where we can talk about concerns, worries, challenges, thoughts and joys with me, Simi Desor. I'm a registered psychologist working here in Christchurch, New Zealand, and today I want to talk about transitions. Change is a normal part of life. It can provide opportunities for us to develop our resilience. We experience change throughout our lives from birth to death. Many go to preschool or kindy. We start at primary school, changing schools as many of us grow. We shift friendships, homes, jobs, get married, experience the death and loss of loved ones. Major life factors are often acted out in seemingly unexpected and or unusual ways. Many of these changes and the accompanying transitions need to be managed carefully through self and co-regulation, establishing relationships and growing our learning. So, what is a transition? Transition is not just a nice way to say change. It's the inner process through which people come to terms with a change as they let go of how things used to be and reorient themselves to the way that things are now or going to be. This can relate to many things and even to changes that we're excited about and looking forward to. So, a transition involves letting go of the old, the old normal, the old settled space. It's often initiated by an event or a decision and a leaving of that space. We prepare We have endings put in place and goodbyes or shifts in houses. Sometimes if you're experiencing a divorce, lawyers are involved. But when that ending begins, we enter into this chaos, into a liminal space where we're unsure of what, what to expect, even if we're excited about something like a new job. There's that, I'm not sure I'm going to be good enough, I'm not sure I can do this, concern, what's it actually going to look like, I've given up the familiar, I've given up the known, and I'm going through this internal questioning, uncertainty, and just working through what's going on. That lasts for a little while until we can get, and this happens often, we do get to a sense of acceptance where new beginnings start to feel more normalized. There's a bit of an exploration of what we're expecting, an adaptation in entering that new space to a new normal and getting resettled into that new normal. But depending on the situation, it can take time and there is a level of internal 
possibly even external upheaval that happens. There's also a sense that a cognitive leap or a growth spurt in the brain is also occurring. A transition is a time when we're working on many new skills under the surface in the depths of the brain. Our body is getting used to new things as well. Um, often transitions involve a time of cognitive, of physical, and social transformation. So our brain is working on things. Our bodies are shifting spaces, getting a sense of what's going on. Our vagus nerve is responding. And there's often new social settings that we need to get used to and people we need to get used to, new way of doing things. So imagine that your child is transitioning to school or that you're changing jobs. When this happens, it doesn't mean that your child or you have stopped learning. It means that our understanding is growing below the surface and it appears as if they've We've all plateaued on the surface. There's kind of like a blank moment in between. So this involves a, a modifying, a transition, a transformation from the old, a shifting and a readjusting to new as the change settles in. Our brain functions from the bottom to the top. So imagine your oldest part of your brain is the core, the brainstem. When we experience a change, death, grief, loss, or any other kind of change. This is the part of our brain that comes online first. We process everything on a very primal and physiological level. We kick into survival mode. This is where we need to think about the sense of safety. Are we safe? Is this new normal going to be safe and comfortable? Even when we're hurt, having an operation when we're going through any life change, our amygdala is activated. So when we're in that part of our brain, we're in fight, flight, freeze, and our heart rate goes up. Muscles tighten, our eyes dilate, and so on. We're trying to keep ourselves safe. Here, we can't eat and sleep, and our movement and coordination is challenged. Some years ago, I went bungee jumping. I'd said I wanted to try jumping, and my husband got me a jump as a gift. When I was strapped in and standing on the edge of a bridge, ready to jump, my feet felt glued to the bridge. My adventurous mind said, go for it, but my body wouldn't move. At that point, there was something in me that was saying that this was super unsafe. And of course, aside from the giant rubber band, I was about to leap into the beyond, and it was unsafe for all intents and purposes. My husband stood behind me, encouraging me, and had a camera in hand. I eventually jumped and survived. Many transitions are like my bungee jump. They seem scary. We can feel overwhelmed. But we, if we have someone to watch our backs, we generally make it. The third aspect of our response, our emotional one, is soothed by ourselves or those around us. And this is when we think more clearly. Once we know we've got someone or a group of people watching us, we've got a support system in place, we get control and learning back online. So how do we grow through our transitions? It's through connection and attachment that sense of safety can be created. Then there's a decrease in stress and an 
increase in our ability and receptivity to take on challenges, to learn, to grow, and to be able to extend ourselves. That's when we move into our frontal cortex. That's where we begin our learning and thinking and reasoning. This transitional process can be experienced through many of life's challenges and changes. For example, our youngest at the moment is experiencing her new entrant transition visits. She's had several visits and my focus has always been to address the whole child and I've been delighted to see that her new entrant teacher is also on the same page. So firstly, the visits have focused on regulation. So social routines are set in place. She's given a sense of where she's at. Her safety is catered to. The teacher is addressing my child's emotional readiness through connection, through forming that secure, safe base. Then they're moving on to organizational skills. After that, They seem to be exploring more and more of early language and numeracy, fine motor skills, and so on and so forth. At the same time, as my new entrant is transitioning, our older daughter is moving to secondary school. She's a year eight student right now, and she's going off to year nine. And I went along to her familiarization day, and it was much the same. They focused on setting up a sense of familiarity and connections, of saying hello. They played some games, they walked the kids around school, and they got to know each other. So really, you're soothing that really edgy feeling of, am I safe? And then moving through into a point where you can learn. You're addressing that very core sense of safety, moving into movement, then emotional engagement, development, and attachment. And finally, the learning can take place. Our brains open up to a point where we can do that. What are some practical things that we can do to help facilitate transitions once we've moved past that initial fight-flight-freeze response and everything is a little bit calmer? Well, if we're moving into that new space, it pays to collect information. Whether it's about a child's transition, a new job, a new medical diagnosis, uncertainty can create worries. If you can get a bit of information, you aren't worrying in the dark. Second, share. After getting some information together, Discuss the information with relevant people. It might be your partner, your loved ones, your doctor. Get some information. It might be a support group that you can talk to. Number three, monitor. Keep checking in on your transition process. Whatever you're transitioning from and into, remember, transition doesn't happen in a blink of an eye. It takes time. Get support. Everyone needs to be open to support. And going through change is easier when you're supported or when you're able to support someone else. And lastly, optimize this process through self-reflection. If you can be aware of what's going on for you and others around you, 
it will help with the transition. So in summary, transitions are about the process that's going on underneath the change, the loss, or the grief for you, and it's an individual process. This process is unique to you or a loved one at a point in time. And in order to get through, it's about regulating first or feeling safe. So respond to your body, focus in on it. Your vagus nerve is sending you all sorts of messages. Focus in on eating, sleeping, and exercise. These form the core of your coping. Then relate to others to address the questions. Am I loved? Do I matter? Will I be okay? Am I noticed? Those are the connection and attachment questions, and they'll help you feel safer. So it's important to reach out, and then you can reason and think about it. Can I think about this event that's happening? Can I learn? Can I plan? Can I remember? And can I then take it forward? If you or anyone you know is going through a transition, if there is a life change that's coming up, if there is an experience of loss or grief, or if you're just about to go bungee jumping, I invite you to give yourself time. It's important to be patient and compassionate because there's always a way to navigate through transitions that we face. We just need to connect with others and take some time. We need to be kind to ourselves and each other because in kindness and through compassion, we will find our individual and collective strength. Thank you for connecting with me today. Be well, and I hope you go well.